The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. This is episode number 45. Today is Sunday, April 30th. And I'm joined, as always, although with some technical difficulties, by my co-host, Jeff the Animal Wilson. Jeff, how are you feeling this Sunday evening? Bill, I am wonderful. Just trying to get past the year and glad that we are coming up on May. Yeah. It'll be May tomorrow, I believe, if my uh, calendar in my head is correct. Uh, it, it seems like the the calendar's moving a little slower lately without much UFC action, but we still got some things to talk about. And, uh, of course, we have some booze to discuss, which, you know, there's never a layoff for that. So even though there's two weeks of no UFC, there's still plenty of alcohol and probably more alcohol to fill the void of there being no UFC. But there, there are other things going on in the MMA world. So before we get to the alcohol, which I do have a lot to talk about in that realm this week, uh, something I wanted to mention, definitely outside the UFC and definitely outside of Bellator, World Series of Fighting announced that they're going through a rebranding and... They're going to rename themselves the Professional Fight League. And they recently had professional kickboxer Ray Seppo take over as the president and promoter. And he's been doing a lot of the... He's been kind of the voice of the company lately. So he's been the one kind of talking about the rebranding. And basically what they're doing is they're trying to give the fighters what they've been asking for to a degree. So here's the here's the gist of the plan for the rebranding of the company. So World Series of Fighting, probably, you know, the third tier fight promotion underneath the UFC and Bellator, of course. They have some notable champions and some notable fighters. They just lost a big one, which I'll get into as well. So the plan is to give fighters monthly paychecks. So if you're a fighter on their roster, you're going to get paid every month, whether you're fighting in that month or not. This has kind of been attempted in the past and the promotion has gotten screwed because fighters would be getting paid and then come fight night they would decide to pull out or you know they weren't eligible to fight or they had injuries or or something along those lines. So uh, the IFL attempted this uh, you know many moons ago and they wound up getting screwed by the fighters. Uh, hopefully there's going to be a better infrastructure in place because I, I do kind of like this. It is motivation for the fighters that are on the roster. The other issue that comes up is that uh, World Series of Fighting has, I believe, 100 fighters on their roster currently. They'll only have 50 slots on the roster once the rebranding happens. And this is going to happen in January of next year. So I guess they have some time to work the kinks out of it. The other thing they're going to do, they're going to have tournaments basically for uh every one of their weight classes and the winner of the tournament is not only going to be the champion but they're going to get a million dollar paycheck 
So regardless of who they are and how much name recognition they have, if they win a championship, they're a millionaire in this organization. So all this being said, Jeff, are you aware of this rebranding of World Series of Fighting? And if not, uh, what's your reaction to the way I just broke it down, the monthly payments and uh, the million-dollar championships? I think that it sounds like they're going to lose a lot more money than they could be gaining here. Yeah, it there's definitely a lot of red flags. So, like I said, hopefully, you know, they could they could kind of sort it out. Uh, what do you think about the million dollar paycheck thing for the champions? I think the million dollar paycheck sounds really nice, and I'd probably be paying my ass off to become a champion in a series of fighting. Yeah, it's got to be some motivation, right? Because you know, in other divisions, a lot of the complaints are. You know, why are some champions making more than others? And it, there are very obvious answers for that. And it mostly comes from a marketing perspective. But, you know, I, I kind of like the uniformity of it. Uh, it. It's a little bit like communism in that, you know, you try to make everything equal for everybody. But, you know, it could still be corrupted in some ways. And then the other side of it is the capitalistic uh, tradition of MMA you know if you're able to market yourself better you get paid more so in in that sense it's unfair to the guys who and girls who are really good at marketing there's a lot of confusion here there's a lot of questions to be answered and I guess there's a lot of time to sort it out uh, you got to be concerned for the promotion here you know they're giving up uh, name recognition of World Series of Fighting. You know, hardcore MMA fans definitely know who they are and what they're about and, and some of the big names that are fighting in there. Uh, so that's always dangerous with a rebrand. So they're taking a big risk here, but I think that they're really looking out for the fighters at the end of the day. So I think the intentions are good and hopefully uh, it doesn't backfire for them. But they have also been making headlines that are not good for them. Justin Gaethje, the lightweight champion, was recently uh, released and signed by the UFC. So great news for UFC fans. Uh, bad news for the Professional Fight League because they lost one of their most exciting champions. If you haven't seen this guy fight, he's known for uh, finishing fighters with devastating leg kicks. And he's a really nasty striker. And... I think he's a great addition to the UFC roster. He's 17-0, undefeated as an amateur as well. He's got 14 knockouts, only been to decision twice. And uh, one of his decision wins was over former UFC competitor Melvin Gillard. Jeff, do you know anything about Justin Gaethje? And what do you think about him joining the ranks of the UFC? I don't know much about him, Bill. But after hearing some of his statistics and highlights, I kind of want to check this guy out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's he's definitely an exciting fighter. He's known for his pace and his pressure. I mean, he was able to go blow for blow with Melvin Gillard, who we know brings a heavy storm in the first couple of minutes of a fight. Uh, so definitely check out some of his fights. I, I think you can see them on YouTube. And it was kind of nice. Uh, Ray Seffo, the president of World Series of Fighting, who I mentioned earlier, he sent out a tweet, um, you know, congratulating Justin Gaethje and, and saying that he was happy for him and wished him well in his career. So that's great to see from a promoter. And what's important about Ray Seffo is that he's a fighter himself. 
He was a finalist in the K1 Grand Prix eight times, and he's a Muay Thai world champion, and I believe he's had a couple of MMA fights. So he's, you got to believe he's really in there to back the fighters, uh, which is really interesting because, uh, as we know, uh, other promoters, Dana White and Scott Coker, they don't have professional MMA experience. You know, Dana White was a boxer and Scott Coker was uh, competitive in Taekwondo. But um, it, it, the other side of it is it's not really the promoter's job to look after the fighters. You know, so a lot of people are quick to blame people like Dana White and Scott Coker when things go wrong. But, you know, it's not really their job. Their job is to put butts in seats and uh you know they're both they're both good at doing that so it it is cool to see kind of a different perspective and uh i do like the the competition that comes out of it speaking of competition uh i want to talk touch on bellator real quick they made some big signings in their women's flyweight division they signed six fighters including uh former ufc contender valerie letourneau jeff did you hear about these signings and what do you think about these pickups by Bellator? I did not hear about these signings, Bill, but Valerie Letourneau is one tough chick, man. She went toe-to-toe with the current UFC strawweight champion, Joanna Janjacek, and, you know, she made it into an interesting fight, so I'm excited to see her at Bellator. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of interesting matchups. They also said that they plan to declare a champion of this division by the end of the year. So there's currently not really a champion on the books. Uh, I think it's great that they're building up this division. I think 125 is really the sweet spot for women's MMA. Um, 135 is great. 115 is great. But, you know, for those girls who are kind of in the middle there, if you fall into that 125 range, you're going to be too small at 135 and cutting down to 115 it is a tall order, you know, especially for females who, you know, their their bodies retain water differently. And I think it's a little bit more difficult for them to cut weight. You know, they're not going to be cutting the same amount as, you know, some of these uh, some of these male fighters because they're able to just expel water from their bodies a little bit easier. So I, I love the 125-pound division. I've been saying for a long time, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, that the UFC should add that division. It really opens so many opportunities for for girls who are a little small for 135, but but too big for 115. And then it definitely opens the door for some super fight opportunities. Um, any other thoughts on that division or anything with Bellator, Jeff? Uh, no, I definitely agree with you. I think that Bellator is doing a good thing here, and I'm excited to see some of these match fan of a couple of these girls. Yeah, for sure. They uh, they definitely got some firepower in that division right now. And uh, I think Colleen Schneider is, is chomping at the bit uh, to, to get a hold of somebody. She's waiting to book a fight. And, uh, you know, it's good to see that they're, that they're kind of building up this division a little bit. So that's awesome for everybody involved. So last week we were talking about Ally Aquinta and how he was going pretty hard uh, <laughs> against the UFC uh, tweeting at them to go fuck themselves and and being uh, very pissed off that he wasn't awarded a knockout of the night bonus uh, for his performance knocking out Diego Sanchez. So the UFC kind of uh, took a stab back at him on social media, and it was very passive-aggressive, and a teammate of mine actually pointed this out to me earlier today, so I had to go and look at it. 
it was his birthday. So they posted, you know, the UFC on social media always will post a happy birthday message to their fighters on the roster or past fighters. And what they did was just a very plain and drab happy birthday ally Aquinta and they put a picture of him it's a black and white picture you go to the UFC's uh, Twitter page to see this and it's just a black and white picture of him at a weigh in and he has kind of like a dumb spaced out look on his face and you could tell there's definitely like a little jab meant to go with it Uh, so what do you think about the passive aggressive response and in general the kind of awkward uh, Twitter relationship that the UFC seems to have with uh, one of their top lightweight talents, Jeff. I think that if this is such a problem, they should book him a fight. Uh, give him somebody in the top 10, you know, if you dislike him that much. And if he loses, you know, you didn't win your last fight. So we're not really thinking about offering you a contract. Yeah. And I mean, uh, he's been going back and forth with Mike Perry, who is a white uh, weight class above him. But uh, you know, these two guys uh, have been going at it. They they both had really impressive knockouts on the same card. Uh, so I say let them fight each other for the next knockout of the night bonus, and and see who should have really won the last one. Maybe maybe even bet that that fifty grand <laughs> and uh, uh, see who could get it this time. That might be pretty interesting. What do you think about that? Bill, that's a great idea. I'd pay to see that. Cool. Yeah, for sure. I think they should put it together. I mean, both of those guys came out of their last fights pretty unscathed. So uh, the other thing I want to touch on, Ultimate Fighter Season 25. It premiered two weeks ago. It was uh, statistically the lowest rated debut of any Ultimate Fighter season. Now, I don't know if that's because there's a lack of talent or a lack of drama or lack of anything. I think, and this is my opinion, it may have run its course. You know, there's not much they can do. And especially with this season, it's all guys that have been in the house before. Nobody's getting drunk and throwing stuff in the pool and and doing crazy stuff because they're all veterans. They're all there to work and be serious. Um, For hardcore fans, I think... It's interesting to see what these guys have been up to and get their backstories and see the drama between uh, Cody Nolove and TJ Dillashaw. But I think for the casual fan to rope them in, uh, you know, the Ultimate Fighter platform may have run its course. I've kind of been into this season. The last last week, the fight between Eddie Truck Gordon and Tom Galicchio was actually, uh, you know, pretty competitive, and it was interesting to see. A veteran like Eddie Truck Gordon, who won season 19 of The Ultimate Fighter, kind of freeze in there and get choked out. So to me, it's interesting, this the whole psychology of it, how guys are able to still get psyched out. And these are veteran fighters in there. Um, but I, I guess it is a little lackluster in, in terms of uh, you know the reality show drama and things like that. What are you thinking about this season so far, Jeff? Have you been keeping up with it at all? So I've been watching, uh, I just saw the second episode, and, you know, I thought that the fight was good, the the stuff going on outside of the octagon and in the house. I think that we're still very early on into the season. You're going to see these guys go a little bit, um, uh, I think they're going to develop a little bit of cabin fever. Yeah. 
Sure. So um, as for last week's fight, man, uh, Tom Galicchio, he did a good job, man. I really, um, I'll be honest with you, man, uh, he looks like an average Joe to me. So I kind of thought that Truck Gordon had this one in the bag. I was shocked. Yeah, it, it kind of comes off that way. And, I mean, if you saw these two guys on the street and you said to a random person that they're going to fight, uh, I think 10 out of 10 people are going to think Eddie Truck Gordon demolishes Tom Galicchio. Uh, you know, he's kind of kind of goofy, I guess, uh, kind of lovable depending on your taste. I mean, definitely doesn't seem like a killer or a fighter. Uh, you know, when you think of, like, the old school fighters like Vanderlei Silva, you know, the axe murderer, Tom Galicchio definitely wouldn't earn a nickname like that. Uh, you know, he's he sells candy. He, he's got a candy machine business. I mean, he's he seems totally innocent, but the guy's got a nasty rear naked choke, and uh, he was able to put it on Eddie Gordon, who obviously has good jiu-jitsu training. He trains with Matt Sarah out on Long Island. Um Personally, I'd like to see Eddie Gordon back in there. I, I still feel like he has a lot to offer. And um, I, as far as I know, he was still on the UFC roster uh, when he came on this show. Um, you know, don't quote me on that. But, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty interesting season. I, I plan to keep up with it. And, you know, the ratings could change by the end. But I think they're going to have to do something to mix it up a little bit. Um, you know, I thought the live season wasn't a terrible idea i think where it was flawed was that uh it aired on friday nights and that's just a terrible night for primetime tv nobody is home watching tv on friday nights so the ratings were not good for that season but uh, i think it's time to maybe mix it up a little bit speaking of mixing it up I uh, i got back to the youtube thing jeff and i know i talked about it last week I put up a video making uh, my variation of a Gold Rush cocktail, and I've been getting some awesome feedback. So thank you to everybody who went out of their way to not only watch the video, but to make the cocktail and try it at home, and thankfully enjoyed it. So definitely thank you to everybody listening who, who went out and did that. And you know I'm glad it was useful. I'm glad you were able to enjoy the cocktail. I plan on doing more of these. I recorded another one this weekend, and I plan to put it up uh, maybe Monday or Tuesday. It's going to be another lighter whiskey cocktail that I think you guys will really enjoy. Um, Jeff, did you have a chance to try a Gold Rush cocktail? Unfortunately, Bill, I did not. Uh, this week has been busy with seniors trying to graduate and not having the requirements. Not had a chance to try Gold Rush. All right. Well, I did watch your YouTube video, and it was really good. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. So, MMA on the Rocks on YouTube. And, uh, you know, while we're on the subject of social media platforms, I know I always plug the social media handles, but I thought I'd get into a little bit more of what I do on each. So, on Twitter, which is at MMA on the Rocks, and for Jeff as well, at Animal underscore Wilson, what we do on there is we... We kind of react to any MMA news. We're not going to be providing any news, but what we do is give our reactions to it. So basically what we talk about on the show, uh, Twitter is kind of the way we bookmark everything. And I definitely love interacting with everybody who listens to the show and everybody who doesn't as well. If you love MMA and you love alcohol, then 
I love talking to you about it. So let's have a conversation. As far as Instagram, at MMA on the Rocks as well, what I've been doing on there is I put up all original content. Uh, I don't share anything on there that I don't create myself. So all the pictures, all the memes, they have to do with MMA or alcohol, obviously. Um, but it's all original. Now, that's not to say that it's all good, <laughs> but uh, I do create everything myself. So if you're into the Instagram thing, check that out. Uh, if you're not, you know, there's plenty of other ways to get a hold of me. And I definitely love hearing from everybody who's listening and interacting with everybody. And thanks again for all the great feedback and all the great reviews you've been leaving on iTunes and Google Play and everywhere else. You guys have been listening to the podcast, so thank you very much. I know Jeff appreciates it as well. He's having a good time interacting on Twitter. I've mentioned before, Jeff didn't even have a Twitter before uh, MMA on the Rocks uh, <laughs> was conceived, so now he's getting into it, so definitely reach out to him on there. So the next cocktail I was working on, uh, Jeff, a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about the Jim Beam Apple and it sounded really good, and we got some great feedback on that as well. So people seem to really like it. Uh, it's a little bit on the sweet side. So what I did this weekend was I went out and I bought a bottle of Crown Royal Regal Apple. So I did try the Jim Beam a couple of weeks ago, and I, I liked it. Uh, it's definitely on the sweeter side. So if you're more of a, a smoky or, or a harsher whiskey lover, then uh, you know you may not like the sweet and fruity aspect. So I picked up the Crown Royal. Now Crown itself is a little bit of a sweeter whiskey in my opinion. It's Canadian whiskey. It's got kind of a syrupy quality to it. So the apple has obviously a little bit more sweetness, uh, but I think it sits real easy on the palate and it inspired me to make my next cocktail video. And the next video is an original cocktail that I came up with myself. I call it an Appleberry Jewel. And I think you guys are gonna like it. If you like the Gold Rush, I think you'll be into this one as well. I don't wanna get too much into it because uh, I don't wanna ruin the video. I want you to check it out and uh, you know see if it's your kind of thing. And if it's not, send me some feedback and let me know what kind of cocktails you'd like to see me make. I definitely wanna mix it up. I'm gonna do some, uh, some other spirits coming up i want to do some tequila cocktails but you know let me know what you'd like to see and i might just you know make it on the spot and try it on the spot and do it on camera and maybe we'll do things that way uh, i'm always looking for something new and interesting i love hearing what you guys are thinking and drinking out there i uh, just downloaded a lot of information about alcohol jeff any reaction to any of that while i'm sipping on my uh crown royal regal apple on the rocks here yeah i definitely want to check out the crown royal um so something that i had yesterday was yesterday was a hot day by the way um you know it's been warming up a little bit here in the northeast and i was on my way to go see the new york red bulls play which i'm a huge fan of but on the way i stopped by a bar and to quench my thirst bill i had a modelo especial which Ooh. is, you know, it's a Mexican beer. Uh, it's pretty good, but not too many calories. And, you know, it was just something good to sip on on a hot day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, nothing tops a cold beer on a hot day. And for those listening who don't know, the Red Bulls are a soccer team. Are they are they pro considered professional, Jeff? A professional soccer team there 
in the MLS, which is the United States Soccer League. They're, they play in Jersey, even though they claim to be from New York. So always a good time to go watch them play. Yeah, well, much like the uh, New York Jets and New York Giants, their, their stadium is out there in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey, even though they're both technically New York teams. So kind of strange, but that's the way things work in sports and politics. Uh, any other MMA or alcohol topics you want to get off your chest today, Jeff? I really want to try a gold rush. Uh, that's going to be my goal for this week, Bill, is to end the week with a gold rush in the mouth. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll find out if you're able to try it before I put out the new video, which will be uh, my original cocktail, the Appleberry Jewel. And uh, I'm excited for you guys to see it. And I'm excited to hear your feedback on it as well. So we're going to keep it a short episode this week. Uh, next week, we'll break down uh, the upcoming UFC pay-per-view, which is a stacked card. Uh, I think we want to go over it from top to bottom. I know Jeff's on the same page with me as well. So reach out to us on social media. You already know the handles because I already talked about them. And uh, if you have some feedback, we're always interested in it. Uh, in the meantime, stay over the top and under the influence. That's all we got for this week. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>